Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast and today is episode 60. And my lovely guest today is Sinead Carr-Lissantri, a mother, shamanic energy therapist and firewalk instructor based in Ormore, County Galway. Sinead is married to Chris, who is from Cyprus. They met on holiday and the rest is history. Sinead worked in public relations and the public sector for a number of years before her life as she knew it was turned upside down due to unforeseeable circumstances and massive change in the structure of the corporate area in which she worked. Reflecting on this very traumatic and massive transformation of time, Sinead only feels gratitude for the lessons she learned. Sinead, you are very welcome. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Lovely to have you here. Um, well, first of all, having a Cyprian husband must be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well used to him now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's nearly 20, 20 years now since we met. So. And wow. And were you on holidays in Cyprus when you met your husband? I was actually not meant to go. It was a friend of mine that was on holidays. It was it was during college, actually. And a friend of my college friend traveled to Cyprus. And when she, while she was over there, she said, Sinead, um, everybody's leaving here. Would you come over for the summer with me? And I'm like, I can't. I was doing my part-time job and I had been in Australia the year before and I was like, no thoughts of going anywhere. Um, and uh, she said, please, please, all the girls are leaving. So would you come, come over? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? I would be quite impulsive. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? And clearly the universe was, was, was pushing me that way. So um I hopped on a plane and at the time you could get an open ticket and I was meant to be there for two weeks and I ended up spending three months wow. in Cyprus having met Chris on maybe two or three nights while I was while I was there just bumped into each other and clicked and I had to return to uh, finish my college uh, my degree and we were a year apart so everyone kind of thought oh holiday romance it won't it won't last but um it did, and after um, I finished my degree, I, I went to Cyprus and I lived there for two years, and then we came back here to Ireland and, yes, dragged and kicking and screaming to the west of Ireland, <laughs> so uh, leaving the sunshine behind us, but yeah, so that's, and we've been settled and based in Galway since. Wow. Which is big, my home place, obviously. Yeah, that's lovely. And a big change for Chris, I'm sure, moving from Cyprus to the west of Ireland, the wild and wonderful the west wild. of Ireland. <laughs> exactly. It was very, you know, the, I think the only thing that, that saved him probably um, is the fact that he was born in London, um, but he left, you know, he left. So he wasn't totally unfamiliar with 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 uh, this side of Europe. But yeah. um, he... Um, yeah, so uh, he left there when he was a child. So he's very much Cypriot, a Cypriot boy, but um, he's he's nearly as long here now in Ireland as he was in Cyprus. So. I know, isn't it amazing? Yes, I think amazing. again, when you get to maybe, you know, half your life and you think about where you've lived yeah. half of that life already. And even I know people that I went to school with there in the UK or in, you know, different parts of the world and they lived elsewhere more than they've lived in their home place, we should say you know Absolutely. yeah it's, it's amazing what, it's yeah. which which is where we associate with our belonging and yeah. you know and sometimes and where we're from but yet we can live in another country for and make it our home yes and belong make there also our, yes yeah. yes you know so it, it, it is amazing and it's even amazing that it has been 20 years you know yeah. that's i know do you know i don't know about you Sinead 
But whenever, you know, my mother would say that that was 20 years ago and I'd say, how would you remember 20 years ago when I was younger? <laughs> and now I'm saying that to my children, mm. that was 20 years ago. And they're looking at me going, oh, my God, like that's such an ancient time. And you're going, it goes by so quickly, you know, so it's amazing what can change. Now, let's go to this amazing statement, because I love it. Reflecting on your very traumatic and massive transformation of time, Sinead only feels gratitude for the lessons she learned. And this is something, you know, and I know not everybody will resonate with that statement, especially gratitude for the lessons we learned through anything that was traumatic in our lives. But for me, that is the transformation. It's how we see it and what we take from it. But of course, when we're going through that trauma at the time, it can feel like we are the most vulnerable, that we are not being seen or heard. We feel like we have no power, you know, or control in that situation. But take us back to that time when you felt, you know, that you were, I suppose, sinking, you know, within who you were, who you believed you wanted to be and how your life was going to progress and it just was all turned upside down. Tell us a little bit more about that, Sinead. Well, when I when I look back, I can only just when I, when I when you say gratitude for the lessons, but as you said there, um Sharon, most definitely I can only describe it as being brought to my knees and stripped bare of everything that I knew, everything that I identified myself. As and who I am, and you know, and now I see of how narrow that definition was. How I only, you know, I think it's the, and I think it's for everybody. But I know for me, it's what really affected my life was the conditioning and the beliefs and the conditioning from, you know, um, society and our peers and family and and what we put upon ourselves and mm. um, what we should be doing, where we should be, what you should do. And it's only one, and we are squeezed through this one system, uh, which is our education system, which is not a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to, 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 you know, look at why it was so massive for me, I, prior to me going to college, I had a huge inner battle as in, I don't want to do this, but I don't know what else I can do. I knew there was always something that I had or that I had there was something else but it wasn't visible to me and interestingly when I was 18 19 I did explore I was going to kinesiologists and I was going to herbalists and you know I was there was some part of me that was conscious but the rest was completely unconscious of you know the holistic world and yet I was fascinated by it and so I blindly continued on through believing that it was only through third level education that I could um, make a living first of all or uh, I suppose as well have you know that it's I don't think purpose came into it I know now it's it's your purpose but it's like what you do it's what you're deemed as successful mm. and unless you are duck, 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 in society you're either a success or a failure Mm. Um, and because it wasn't visible to me where you know where where I needed to honor my gifts and talents and that I I believe what was happening was what has happened was and what happens to so many people is it's almost like a concrete slab of layers and layers of conditioning and beliefs and again as I said putting put upon ourselves which are the worst 
which is the worst of all possibly, and then what we take on from others, that your own authenticity, your natural gifts, your natural talents, just get hidden and they're squeezed into a system that may not be for you. It is for some people, but not for everybody. And um, I feel what I have been doing since I went, when, when I got to the point of went through college, ended up working in this post in a, in a press office. And I realized that I, I actually did like public relations because I love people. And I kind of, it was a point I think where finally, having gone through 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 college, finally having found this job that I actually liked, mm. and it felt good. So I thought, oh, so it wasn't such a, you know, it wasn't such a mistake after all, I suppose. Yeah. So when I felt it just, I with editing with Word information, I love it. I I I, I get it. It came easy to me, and um. And I was encouraged by uh, the director of the time. And she said, Sinead, this is you, you know, specialize in it. So I returned and I did a postgraduate. Took a loan out um, and spent 5,000 euros on that, uh, that, that, that uh, course, which was brilliant and really tied in what I was doing work and my training the course was amazing. And I, I, I poured my heart and soul into this job. I gave everything when I, when I thought, this is me. Finally, I found what I'm good at, you know, and that was that was literally what happened. Only for six or seven years into the job of there being restructuring in the organisation, and on a last pin, first out basis, goodbye, out the door. And I was 37 weeks pregnant with my second child as well at the time, so I just knew that there was no, I wasn't there for all the shimmying that was going to be going on. It was extremely stressful. There was no option for me to find out where I would be going but I knew because it was so specialized what I did if I wasn't in that particular department I knew anywhere else it's completely unrelated to where I you know from in terms of the, the skill set um however I with that stress it did have a massive impact on me physically and I ended up in hospital and there was other stuff going on as well in my life with the baby we had to worry over the baby as well so everything came together um which things tend to do mm. when we're about to be brought to our knees <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you know um so um it was the consultant that i was on at the time she just said Sinead, we know you're you know we know we've a worry over the baby but what what else is going on here and i explained what was happening and she said Sinead, you just got to stop you focus only on your baby which of course that's all I wanted to do and, and all you you know your baby is is your number one but this was just on the side and it was it was massive because I knew it was a, a game changer it was a life changer so um I returned had our baby who was perfectly healthy and um I returned a number of months later after maternity leave, and I was I was uh put into a job that was had annihilated my CV so that's just the story but I suppose what came up for me is what I suppose was the feelings was a betrayal mm. it was a betrayal and it's like, like any betrayal it's so deeply personal because when you pour your everything into something and you just get cast aside mm. it's very very hard to get your head around it to comprehend it and in the job that I was in I felt at the time so I would say always to my clients you always have a choice I felt I had no choice 
but I had no choices because I had we had just renovated our house. I had two small children under the age of three. Um, and, um, you know, how can I do anything about this? And there was nobody there to listen to. It was just get in there and do your, shut up and do your job. You know, it was literally just, and it was so destroying. It is the only way, but interestingly, as, 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 as tough and hard it was and, and, and traumatizing, I minimized the trauma because I was saying to myself, it is only a job. What I'm so devastated. But yet the devastation was real and was massive, you know, and, and I think that is the other part of my experience as well that I would always say to people is that, you know, we minimize trauma. Trauma is one of the greatest forms of suffering. Mm. Or, you know, and once I wasn't assaulted or that it wasn't so physical, you know, then it's you're all right to get over it. We don't give the impact of our feelings, our our the psychological aspect, all of that. Just because all what I felt, how I felt at the time was just worthless. Mm. Like they had just taken all taken away as if I wasn't good enough or enough, you mm. know. And I was very, very blessed to have such amazing family support you know amazing parents amazing siblings amazing husband and i had them but it was funny how i needed to hear that from the people that i worked from with yeah. you know that worked i needed because that was where the betrayal was you know, that's yeah. where the hurt was i needed to hear that you know that i am you know of value to this mm. organization i am of, and, and and i and had put so much in i mean when i say forward my over 100 because I, I do that i overextend myself you know which again is another lesson i learned to mm-hmm. pull back and have boundaries so um but during that time i did go because i was finding it so difficult i did uh, uh, look it. i was very very good at reaching out who can help me because I'm going down, I'm sinking. Mm-hmm. And um, I met a lovely, uh, a lovely lady who's a reflexologist who had also trained in shamanic energy medicine. And she suggested that I see, uh, visit her teacher, who's um, Shlian Cree, John, John Cantwell, who's in, in Dublin, Karen Ward and John Cantwell, but it was John Cantwell that I went to visit um, initially. And during this time and all of this was going on and um i found that i didn't fully know what i was going on before i didn't really know like the shaman had heard the words maybe but it was very a distant yes. <laughs> a distant memory and um i i went to him and it was very interesting i didn't I, I, it was it was fine you know john is is, is a very is a man of, of, of very few words but hopes such integrity and you know it's just how he holds the space for you and how again you know the shamanic ways we'll talk about is just no judgment you know path of love and just feeling so held you know mm. and uh you're you know and and listened to and heard, you know and heard and um it was just what he had said to me at the very end of our session he said to me you know you are the story isn't important about what has gone on in terms of the healing. It never is. Um, and he said to me, 
you have a natural mysticism about you and you should honor it. Mm. And I was like, huh, natural mysticism? Who you? I thought he was talking you plural. I didn't know what he was talking about. And um, <laughs> and um, I said, oh, but in my head, as he's telling me this, I was thinking, I have to get the train going from Dublin now. And, you know, I wonder the kids okay. You know, it was it was very much like that, you know, just yeah. very in my head. Um, and some months later, so I was continuing to work in, in you know, working within that organization and um, continue to work on myself to try and keep myself um, at that level of being able to cope. Mm. Um, and um, I ended up doing a, 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 an introductory class in shamanism a number of months later. And I can only describe how I would find myself in Dublin. And I actually don't know, there was no head, but my head didn't, I was, I feel like my, my spirit was just brought up there. Mm. Like it was like a force that I was just brought up there. And I used to be sitting in the circle going, how did I even get here? Because it made no sense in my reality as to how I got up there, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yes. So during that time, it was, it was, it was the lessons learned. It was the, it was the, the, you know, rising from the ground and the hurts and the wounds and having to bring myself back into a state of finding myself and doing that all the work is inside and mm. and I suppose unlearning the truths that mm. I thought were truths that were not mm. truths that I believed that this you know a job or what you do is is what defines you. Mm. I love so, the way Sinead when you're speaking about it um you know that you say the story doesn't really matter because a lot of the time we base everything on those stories, don't we? And they come, they start to define us, you know, the good ones and the bad ones. Yes. And it's again, I suppose, what attachment we have to those stories. But in you, because I'm sure there's many people listening and they have experienced their own trauma. And as Sinead said, which is very, very important, um, a huge amount of psychological trauma is not recognized but it physically affects us more than a physical trauma, believe it or not. And psychological trauma can be hidden for years and it can be masked by other things. And it's not until we, as you said, Sinead, sometimes fall to your knees or we fall apart that it's addressed, you know. So that's why I'm a huge advocate for being self-aware and, you know, honoring your what you're feeling and your emotions and, you know, learning to listen to what's going on for you. But as you so rightly said, Sinead, we haven't been taught that, you know, it's not a thing that we were ever told to do when we were going to school. It wasn't part of the curriculum. It was just to learn and to, you know, do tests. And it was very much not about, you know, knowing who you are, having that relationship with yourself, which is new for many people, believe it or not, even now still. But coming through that or I should say moving through it, I like to put that better, we move through the trauma, you were moving through it, and again, coming to that place within yourself, Sinead, where you just couldn't deal with it on your own, you had no support at work, even though you had great family and friendships and everything supporting you, but a lot of the time we need an outside support, we need somebody that's not emotionally attached to us to be able to stand back and observe you know, and kind of to clarify for us, don't we, you know, 
this is actually what's going on for your energy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And sometimes you know yourself working with clients, they're going, what? I don't know. I don't understand that. How do you mean? And I said, well, there's many parts to us, you know, and sometimes you're only looking at the mental, you know, and the physical side of it, you know, what about your emotions? And, you know, and it's a whole new conversation that people are having, you know, once they recognize it and have that self-awareness. But for you being laid onto this beautiful work with John Cantwell, isn't it, in Leon Creek? Yes, yes. What was your first kind of impression coming away? I know you had to get home and the train and the kids and everything. But what way did it make you feel about yourself or your situation, even just from that first session with him? Um, I, I, when I, it was more so when I came home, and settled settled down and wasn't thinking about um, all that I had to do. I really felt um, he had, you know, I, I would have, you know, what sticks out in particular, and I'd have to you know, exactly share exactly what happened. He asked me what would my life look like in a parallel universe, mm. and that's a beautiful way to really make you stop and think, you know. So if everything did, nothing mattered none of you know any of the I suppose stripping away everything of what I like what I don't like and just if it was laid out in a platter in front of you the kind of life you would like what life would it what would it look like and I described to him what it looked like and I wrote it down on um in my folder on the way down on the way home on the train and when I got home I said to Chris Chris, what would be your, uh, what would, what would your, you know, in a parallel universe, what would your life look like? And I said, write it down. He goes, what? And I said, just, just go in the room there now and just write it down. I, I don't, I may not even have had my coat off when I asked him to do this. But I literally stepped in, there's something, it's, it, that, that, that got me, you know, and the, uh, the rest of it could be a little bit more over my head, mm. but that stuck, stuck with me. And he, he worked with me for four hours for an hour and a half session yes i was thinking <laughs> you know it was it was it was it was amazing you know and um i uh chris wrote out his parallel universe and i laid mine out beside him and it was near exact wow it was to the point where chris uh, you know who would kind of you know, he would, he would, he would be, he would get it and he wouldn't get it. This is the yeah. work that I do. Um, well, and particularly back then, he was like, that is crazy. It was right down to the log cabin. That we wow. It was, it was specific. And it was where we weren't even living in Ireland or Cyprus. It was so, and we never discussed it. Wow. And the parallel universe was, you know, and as John described, it's, it's a, fabulous tool to use in terms of you know looking at you know your vision your goal we get so bogged down with on the you know the, the wheel the everyday the routine you know that we lose our vision we lose our goals or you know what we are outside of being a parent or you know who we are outside of you know our jobs and who you know what really makes our hearts sing mm. and um you may not be able to up and head off somewhere uh, with uh, two children and, 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 uh, and, and you know, uh, 
take them here and take them there and maybe you can but you can definitely bring in aspects of your parallel universe into your life and that's the beauty if you don't fully embody it you know what i mean but yeah. it's 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 a it's a lovely way to just go into that state of okay what would it be because i always say if you ask somebody any of us what, what do you like mm. what do you want and then you ask oh, what don't you want well the list would be much longer of what i don't want than what i do want mm. and, and we find it so hard to find you know what do i want what do i like what are my passions yeah. what you know what, what what gives me that that lift inside or that mm. feeling in my solar plexus like a fire burning yeah. and um and, it's the, and, and, and another great way of doing that is going as you may know Sharon you probably also share this with your clients is that go right back to when you were a child yeah what was it that made it back to childhood every time it just gave you because as again when I talk about that concrete block we just get it's like layers and layers and layers of condition of other people's visions that society's vision and ours just get you know and some people can that doesn't get them that doesn't mm. you know and that's okay but for the majority of people it really really does and you know the quote the famous quote of michelangelo and sculptor where he says you know in uh, every piece of marble or every stone is an angel um, waiting to be set free and it's up to the sculptor to sculpt the should set them free I also see that quote as really applying to ourselves in terms of cutting away at the layers and sculpting and allowing our natural gifts and talents mm. that we which are so unique and 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 needed in this world not just for ourselves but the world needs everybody's unique talents and not just squeezed into one it's all a system where the world is at a loss in that case yeah. so sculpting away and setting free our natural and you know just with healing and, and the connection between us all the importance of us all showing up for our healing and turning up for trying to bring out the best version of ourselves mm. it's not just for ourselves that makes a difference to my life there may be the stranger down the street it makes a difference to your life because we are the collective yeah. And you know that's that, that is it's it's the importance. It's amazing. I always say once you even make that phone call, in terms of, of taking the action to not stay stuck, and that's another you know aspect of trauma is that we stay stuck in that time yeah. and place um, when we when we are traumatized, and it's very hard to move forward. You know? Yeah. So. And I think even in that, you know, and um, when we talk about trauma, as you said as well, you know, we say stuck in it. And I think there's a huge amount of fear. And sometimes I say to people is we hold on to our trauma because we're afraid there's nothing else. So the trauma, at least we own it. It's our story. But if I let all that go, what am I going to replace it with? So you talking about, you know, if there was no limitations and you had that choice what would your life look like? And it's so right. You know, I know from many people and they'd say, God, I don't know. And I say, and so I would go back to the inner child and I'd say, you know, as a child, what did you wish for? What did you dream your life would be like? And people say, Ari, but that was childish. And I'm going, but the child had no limitations to their imagination. Everything was possible because it was possible in their mind. And we as adults have forgotten that because we're living by structure and routine and responsibility. 
which are all part of our lives, but we can also have the playfulness, the imagination, the dreams and the goals. And it's, as you said, putting the energy into what we want as much as what we have to do or what we feel forced into do in society. And I think sometimes that's the hard part for people is, you know, many people will say, and I'm sure, Sinead, you've heard it, but I have to pay my mortgage and I have to do this. And they have such pressure down upon themselves that they don't have the space to create, you know, the part of them they want to bring out more. But the other part, and this is where I love when you say the gratitude for the lessons we've learned, because sometimes I think we have to go through the shit storm. We have to go through the worst times and not always, but we have to go through some kind of a difficult period in our lives to make us actually just stop in our tracks. For you, it was falling to your knees and to break down. And for me, I feel like some, and this is what I wrote in my own book. It was like, I broke apart. But once I broke apart, I was able to put back what I wanted to and leave space to bring in new parts. So I like to think of it as a child doing a jigsaw puzzle. And sometimes they're doing the parent is saying, no, it goes here. But the child has a completely different image of it. And they want to fit a piece in that doesn't go in because it looks better in their mind. And you're going, let them, you know, if a dog has cat's ears, so what? If the giraffe looks like a rhinoceros, what harm? In their mind, they can be playful and they can create it the way they want to. So for you creating your beautiful life now and taking the shaman's way can you explain to people what that is because as I said we can't we we take for granted sometimes that people know you know about our energy work and what we do but can you explain kind of in a simple form what a shaman is shaman is shamanism is it's ancient it's you know this shamans I suppose you could relate to it most of all, I think people can relate is with um, First Nation Americans, Native American Indians, and their connection with land, the connection with nature, that all is one, that we're all connected, and the significance of the animals. And it's it's not a religion. It's um, it's spiritual. It's spirituality. It's where the shaman seeks to walk with no judgment, the path of love, and um, and in terms of bringing. Um, uh, holding, as I always say, you know, holding the hand of another mm. um, in terms of, you know, we're all walking this path, whether we're shaman or whatever we're doing, we're human and we're walking this path together. And there will be times where I need to reach my hand out for somebody to hold my hand. And there are times where somebody will need my hand to hold theirs. And that's the ultimate, you know, um, Ultimately, it's a path of love because love, love is everything. It, that is the only energy. If you are in a state of love and no judgment, and it's you know, and the shaman, the shaman also seeks to step out of that triangle of the victim, perpetrator, and the rescuer, and we all fall into those roles. Mm. And it's about stepping out of those roles. So that's the path of the shaman. Mm. And there's shaman, you know, shamanism is you know, Siberian. There's, you know, the, I, I, I've read a, I read a lovely story actually um, on going back prior, probably 5,000 years ago, prior to 
um, religion, if you want, and accounts, you know, and connection to the Brehan law and, you know, the, 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 it's the connection with the land, with the earth um, and, and, and the sky and, 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 and the whole, when you think of Newgrange, when you think of, mm. you know, I mean, but didn't our, our ancestors, ancestors, yeah, they lived yes. by the land, they lived, they lived by, by the nature, the cycles. the cycles of nature, yes. and it was very yes. natural. And yes. we all became very disconnected from it. Very disconnected. And yes. one of the things, yes. Sinead, you know, and I think I've said this before in my podcast, that when lockdown came, all of a sudden people were reconnecting to nature because they didn't have as many distractions and it was free and it was available and was on their doorstep. And next thing, people were posting all these most beautiful pictures and connecting to their local green spaces and going to the beaches more and watching the moon and the stars and everything. And you're, I was smiling, going, they've always been there, but you just haven't yes. been listening or watching. And people yes. are going, does it seem like there's more stars in the sky these days and that the birds are singing louder? And I said, no, but now what's happened is there isn't as much traffic. You're not as busy. And now you have time to stop and listen. And it's become so important in your life. Mm -hmm. And I said, my fear, and I suppose I shouldn't have that fear, but my fear was people had connected and that they would go straight back into the same old way again and same old habits. And they would forget about how that connection made them feel. And yes, absolutely. And, and it's the connection with Mother Earth, mm -hmm. the Mother, the Great Mother, because I was, uh, it was um, Alberto Bellado, who is a Peruvian shaman, you're probably familiar with him. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to, um, it was a, it was a master class he was holding. It was very interesting what he was saying. A number of years ago, he said he brought a group of Western tourists or uh, students um, into um, Peru, into the, into the mountains. And he said this medicine woman um, approached him and he said, the umbilical cord of everyone there is dried up and withered. Mm. And he's like, umbilical cord? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? And she said, the umbilical cord to Mother Earth. Our cord, our connection to Mother Earth. And in the Western world, it's so shriveled up and dried up. Yeah. You're so disconnected um, from it. And that reconnecting back to, you know, if you look even at the seasons, we live in this world where we are always trying to shine but mm. you we cannot there's no hibernation so summertime is the time to shine and then we fall back as the, as the seasons do and we thought we fall back into winter and we hibernate and we rest mm. and then in spring and we sow the seeds and get excited mm. what we're going to do new beginnings if we shine again in the summer we don't allow ourselves to do that we just we just continue on and we don't also have, you know, again, when we talk about the connection with the earth and the land, we bulldoze through this land. We never ask permission as if we have some, it's like, it's going to be there, but it's, it's, it was there before us, it'll be there after us. Mm. And, you know, the, the ownership of land, which was completely to people um, who are ancestors, there's no such thing as owning the land. You, know, you, you, you give, you take, there's a give mm. and receive. You know, there was never this ownership of land. And in the end, it was us that would belong to the land, because that's probably very good. I mean, I think, you know, it's, we can't bring any of it. We, can't, we, think we, we think we own, we think we have some, we don't ever stop. And, you know, I would even say, and it might sound, you know, um, 
extreme to some people, you know, but uh, I would always say to my children, I have a daughter, she's uh, 13, and I have two sons, 10-year-old and 5-year-old, and I would always say to them, you know, ask permission. Don't just go and pull the flower, pick the flower. Don't, you know, run up that tree. Everything is a living, it's an energetic, mm. it's a vibrating energy. Don't have respect. Walk softly on this earth. Place mm. your feet softly upon this land. And, um, you know, or even sometimes, you know, I said, you know, and it's a natural thing to do. And it's, you know, again, that patriarchal of, you know, bulldoze, you know, destruction and, you know, I'd see, you know, my little boy, he might get the rocks and he's pounding the rocks on the beach. And take it easy. You know, yeah. there's no need for that. I'm gonna that and then I would say that rock was sitting there for maybe thousands of years and you've just like thrown it in the water. <laughs> but it does, you know, when I see trees being cut down and I always just hope that there's replanting, it hurts. It's, mm. I feel it, you know, I, 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 I'm so strongly connected with nature that I feel it. And that is, and I just think that we just all need to be more conscious of, of, the, of the land of the, 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 and, and our connection mm. with nature. Yeah. And we all know that, where do you feel, oh my God, this mm. grounded peace is in this yeah. nature. Yeah. Any meditation or visualizations, we will ask. Take yourself to a place of nature yeah. that you love or that you're connected with. Mm. We even bring ourselves, you know, through through, you know, in terms of energetic, we could even replace ourselves there. It was the only place there was connection. But it was just very, very interesting, you know, in terms of that medicine woman where she could see the umbilical cord and basically yeah. what she was needing was the disconnection. Yeah. But it's um, amazing so, how they, you know, I'm laughing because then they go to Peru, you know, for the two weeks or three weeks and they want to feel that connection and then go back to their normal lives again. Yeah, and I suppose we've yeah. all kind of been guilty of that, you know, where everyone has been so busy. Okay, and, because, yeah. you know, but I, I just believe if, if there's been some level of awareness raised, it's better than no awareness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and to be fair, you know, for all of us, we, we only know what we know. You know, yeah. I, I always say that. Oh my it's, God! Yeah, that's why we that's... cannot judge anybody. We only know it's like, yeah. you know, the 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 the, the you know the, the you don't know where the button is in the car to do it. When you know, you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I never. I always look at people, and you know, say, and particularly you know, the generation, my parents' generation, um, and say, you know, even when people are dealing with say maybe traumatic childhoods, or I would always say, remember that that was level of consciousness mm. that that person had that doesn't mean but to be able to see from that perspective from a place of they they they, they, they knew no better or mm. they and, you know it, it's that and, and, and it's like everything until you know you know yeah again it's all about the awareness isn't it Sinead? it's the awareness and if wherever you will that will come into your radar you know so. yeah and i think sometimes as well you know there's many people and they're walking the planet and they're quite happy in their own skin they may not have had any trauma in their lives yes. and they might say well i appreciate nature i feel connected to myself i don't need to go exploring you know all of these layers within myself and absolutely i think yeah you stay where you are, where you feel happy and content. But I feel there's more of a questioning going on in the world. I think there is a huge shift in energy in the last few years in particular. And that we are, you know, I started my practice in 2008. And 
more and more people were curious but now I meet people and they've all meditated at some stage in their lives they've all had an energy session at one point in their lives or tried it or heard of it and you know they've heard about different kind of alternative therapies that are out there and they've kind of you know dipped in and out of them but for me all of those things are lovely but what it brings me to more so Sinead is that whatever you want to call it whatever it is that you are finding an aspect of yourself, as you said, you're allowing it to shine and that you're letting go of those old stories that, you know, are, are there, they were part of your life. They got you to where you are now, but now you are creating that space and room to grow into, as you said, who you want to be if there was no limitations. And I love that in your practice because, and Sinead was so funny, she contacted me and she said that she's now a firewalk instructor. And I just thought, I love that. You know, if this was 20 years ago and one of your friends rang you and said, I'm a firewalk instructor, you'd be like, what? What are you talking about? What's that thing? <laughs> you would might have only seen it on the television, Sinead, you know, and even then it might seem cracked. But because we've seen this, kind of it's opened up more and more and I think I said that to you I know another girl and a few of my colleagues had um done a fire walk and absolutely loved it I just thought wow Sinead this is amazing what made you want to become a fire walk instructor <laughs> well well, what's interesting is you can clearly see how my path was not visible at all to me when I was 17 years old, because if firewalking instructor was definitely not on the, 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 the curriculum anyway. Um, um, what a firewalk instructor, um, I would always say found me, definitely. Mm. Um, but uh, I suppose firewalk instructor, where is it? I read it in a book. And it was reading, actually, it was a book about shamanic um, women in contemporary society. It, it was, it's a book that is uh, out of print. Um, it was written in the 60s, 70s, so there's no, no more, it's no more contemporary to us, you know. But it was a profile of women and um, profiling shamanic women. And there was this particular lady, I think from Latvia, and she was studying quantum physics. And her research was, you know, everything to do with quantum physics very very um interesting lady and she ended up moving to the states and she came across firewalking and as, I, as soon as i read this the resonation was so deep uh sharon it was like i haven't felt a fire in my belly since i was a child it wow. was, i can only describe it as a fire in my belly like where i was like you know that real excitement mm. i was like even then my head was saying to me what calm down you know what 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 are you getting excited about where are you up to so to me I expected fire walking to be you know totally out of my reach in some faraway place um that was completely just not in my reach but something made me google it and I found fire walking international in County Down wow <laughs> in the north of Ireland and then I was a little bit, oh, hold on, that's a little bit too close. I didn't expect it to be, you know, so 
you know, close and easy. And, you know, suddenly they, they, I started to go into my head, you know, and I was like, oh gosh, what should I be doing that for? That's, you know, mad you and need, what the rest of yeah. you need. I just wanted, I think that's just even what you said there. I think that's brilliant, you know, because sometimes, again, I think our listeners will resonate this. Sometimes something will, like you said, the fire in your belly and you'll be going, yeah. oh my God. But then we'll talk ourselves out of it by going, oh, well, I can't do it or I can't afford to do it or it's too far away or I wouldn't be able and for you, you Googled and you found that it was in your own country. And then it was like, oh, God, no, it's too close. And oh, I'd have to do it. And what am I? And so many people, pe- times people do that, don't they? Yeah. And they talk, talk themselves out of the fire in their belly. So you mm. obviously didn't talk yourself out no. of it. And the fire burned bright. I didn't. I didn't at all. And I ended up. So this was probably last summer um, that I was that I came across this. And. I kind of left a message on their website, you know, kind of just like putting my toes in the water or the fire, if you want. And um, I, um, I said, you know, and nobody came. I didn't hear from from anybody, and I didn't know if the, you know, but closer to the time, I got a call, and it was Stephen Brown, an absolute gentleman, and he went through the whole situation. And I was like, okay, now what really is this? Is this going to be like tough mudder? You know, one of those things yeah. where they literally put you through electric wires and do. I said, this is something. You know, am I going to be hurt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, not, not at all. And I now know why it resonated so much. What really excited me was the fact that it's so physical, considering it's energy medicine that I work with, which is not physical, it's not tangible. And having, you know, come from that corporate, very tangible world and needing to have some something physical to make it you know that this this, that this is real and you couldn't get it any more than fire walking wow. so fire walking is a metaphor for breaking through beliefs um that we can't do something mm. because if you can walk on fire you can do anything yeah. and even to observe seeing somebody walk across the hot coals knowing that their skin and tissue is the same as yours they don't have some bionic feet or something like that is there is a shift in mm. um our state in, in of, of our country you know, in terms of our how to say it in the chemistry in our brain when we actually see this if there's there is you know it, it's amazing so it's fire walking as, as as brilliant and amazing as it is it's we would say it's not about fire walking it's about owning your choice whether you're able to do it or not mm. you know what i mean it's about and then you know the exhilaration and the excitement that comes with Oh my goodness, if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah. And we see in fire walking that prior to walking the fire, you know, it's the you know, incredible um connection between our bodies and our thoughts. Mm. So it's all about seeing the state of mind. If you get into that space for that, I can do this, you will walk across that fire. Yeah. you know not a bug like really it yeah. is just you might get a kiss from the fire that's all it is you know it's yeah. nothing and i've walked the fire a 40 foot one and not it was, it was like it actually felt warm it didn't feel hot wow. it was so and i and, and and you know when they look at the i suppose the physiological side of this it's the it's the thought it's, it's the state of mind we put we, we get ourselves into mm. That it's like on a chemical or level, the, the physiological level, our feet are protected. So we, that's a whole other story. But in any sense, it is, you know, it's so popular today among athletes and 
executive and, and groups teamwork it's mm. not just in terms of the spiritual side because it's yeah. amazing for corporate and team team building and and it's it's it really helps you to explore that mind body connection mm. and how our potential is connected yeah. you know our potential you know and and and, and in fire walking international you know they would say our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond yeah and we really yeah. are <clears throat> excuse really me are. and i think that you know i love that because again some people need the physicalness of the firewall yes, to say i can do I, that yeah and yes. i think that's really powerful you know not that i, I haven't done a firewalk myself i think i've walked across hot coals in my mind but <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, physically on absolutely. my feet yes but yeah i think it's a really powerful thing i've seen it i've seen people and i've heard from them that have actually experienced it and like you Sinead, it has just transform their mind yes. transform the way they have those beliefs and limitations about themselves and like you said if i can do this what else can i do what else could exactly. i achieve you know and, and it's fire getting... is purifying you know yes. it's a purifying element so you know holding your attention and walking the fire yeah. is very very powerful in terms yes. of breaking through you know and as you know something that's holding you back it, it is it is really really um it's 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 so powerful um yeah. And, and, and actually, what I also wanted to share with you in terms of from the, coming in from the other side, in terms of what the firewalking did for me as well is, you know, and, and it was John Moriarty, the Irish writer, I heard, I was listening to him in conversation, I think it was with Tommy Tiernan, mm. and he talked about the wildness within us, in the human, that the wild, you know, we can talk about the wild woman, but the wildness is in all of us. And he said that wildness isn't about breaking the law or being destructive or being, you know, it's not about that. It's about doing something. And he described, he said, like walking backwards to China. Yeah. Just, just doing something that's that's what how he described it. And firewalking is that for me. Yeah. It's, it, it 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 unleashes that wild, that you know, you know, in, and we need to have that physical. We yeah. need to. You know, and we even say it in our everyday. Oh, I need to go wild. I need to. Yes. I need to get out and go mad. No, yeah. We need to unleash it. But that's <laughs> you know that's, that's kind of expressing ourselves, expressing. allowing yes. ourselves yeah. to be expressed in a different way. Because again, everything is very structured. You know, exactly. even in podcasts, it has to be this, and you know, there's a time limit and all of those things. But when you're out, and again in nature, for me, you can express yourself freely. You can be yourself completely. And yeah, I love that. And of course, with all the elements and fire for me would be hugely transformative. And it just as you spoke about that fire in your belly, you know, and I talk about it constantly. For me, it's like, what do you feel that passion for? And letting the flame burn brighter and brighter up and it moves up and it keeps moving up into you. And sometimes it might be only the spark. But when you have a physical fire in front of you, like your hot coals, and you see it starting, you know, and you're building yourself up to it to walk across and you get to the other side. I can only imagine how exhilarated you must feel, yeah. Sinead. It is. And it's beautiful even in a group to build the fire together and to bring offerings. You yeah. can bring your flowers, you can bring, you know, whatever you want. And, you know, that, that, that's, that's personal to you or resonates yeah. with you. So you can be part of that, building the fire as well at the beginning. Um, mm. You know, uh, I am holding a firewalk for International Women's Day, and again, it's in terms of you know celebrating women, and you know the theme is May She Rise, and it's um, again with the fire, it's very significant in terms of you know 
the history of women, you know, and what has happened to women ancestrally across the world. And, you know, that we all, the balance between men and women needs, we need to be shoulder to shoulder. And, yeah. you know, I, I say to, that this is important. This is is as important to my sons as as it is to my daughters because Absolutely. to balance, no matter everything in life has to be balanced. And aren't we both Maybe. masculine and feminine energy within us? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and that you know, absolutely. So um, it's just bringing the, you know, and the, the you know the the, the connection and the together, you know, keeping everybody together. And it's just like when you come into circle or. You know, sit with people that are in that place that just want to elevate, and you know, mm. it's 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 very very special and it's highly experiential as well. You know, I'm so. very excited about it for you in particular, but also yes, that I know it's something that um I would love to do myself. I haven't had an opportunity to do it, or maybe I'm just codding myself and resisting it. <laughs> But yeah, I would try anything once, as they say, but definitely I would, Sinead. And even Sinead was saying to me, you know, that maybe it could be part of one of my retreats in Bog Hill. And I think it would be an amazing experience for the participants that come, you know, and they come kind of from all over the world. So a lot of them yes. may have done it already. And they're looking at me then going, what are you telling us to do it first? We've done it. Go on yourself. <laughs> well, 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 apparently there's only 4 million people have done it in the world out of all the billions. Wow. So not a lot of people. It is quite, you know, only 4 million. Wow. So Which we'll have to add a few million onto that, Sinead. We'll have to put a few million onto that. <laughs> but, yeah. So no, we, we it, it, fire walking isn't as I mean isn't as um uh, uh, you would imagine more people would have mm. you know. But uh, no, it's not. Um, no, I, I know that fire walking is very. It is very popular though for charities. You know, yeah. Charities. Yeah. Raise a lot of money through fire. You know, through yeah. fire walking. But I. It was never in my radar before I read that book. No. It had you know what and like you people. said yeah it was for me I'd heard other people but the way you mm. describe it has kind of raised that fire in my belly to think yes this is yes. something I would like to step out of my comfort zone because I always say that when something I'm pushing against something or resisting something then I know there's something to be transformed so that's when I go towards it. I lean into it more when I feel myself resisting it. <laughs> yes, the resistance is always the, it's the red flag, isn't it? The resistance. Yes, and it's showing me that, you know, there's some kind of a, maybe a believed fear or limitation within my own mind. So, of course, I'm like a little um, homing pigeon. I tune into that and go, right, I've heard you. Now I'm writing you down. And now I'm going to explore that a little bit further. So that's definitely given me a little kind of ping in my mind, Sinead. So Sinead, we're nearly up in time, but you're just such an amazing, fascinating and interesting lady. As I said, there's oh, so many you. things I could speak to you about, but we're hoping that all of our lovely listeners will go onto your mm -hmm. Facebook page, Sinead Lissantri, Shamanic Energy Therapy on Facebook, and you'll pop on a little like for Sinead there and your number is on it as well Sinead and if anybody wants to contact you about International Women's Day Firewalk your number yes. is on that page or it they is. can message you yes absolutely. and if anybody's interested in organizing a firewalk and they would like your experience and support in doing that for whoever absolutely. they can contact you and also that you are working with clients one-to-one -one as well and um, oh, yeah. 
they can contact you re-energy therapy sessions as well and they can contact you about crocheting as well because I see that you like that (laughs) I love crocheting you're brilliant I do I love crocheting it's time a time is the only thing but I I absolutely love crocheting I buy all the books and buy buy lots of wool or yarn and then I'm looking at it but it makes me happy it's like me with books as well yeah (laughs) it's with three children it's hard to get the time to get everything in but yeah but I love the fact that you've transformed from being Mm. down on your knees and Mm. standing in your own power and becoming and creating, you know, what you want to be. And it's not in the parallel universe. It's in right now in this moment (laughs) and that we, it is possible. And I love that message that you're sending out, you know, that because we all have um, trappings of the mind and we trap ourselves in it and we can get isolated there for a long time and it is a very lonely place and it's not a very nice place to be but sometimes in that space of darkness and being trapped that's when we suddenly start looking for another doorway a doorway that's not going back there but it's going forward and even though we may not know what's in front of us that it's all I always say it's taking that little step that first step and you did that when you you know, went to visit your first shaman and said, this Mm -hmm. has just, there's something now, you know, that's going to start this new interest in my life and you trained. And now here you are doing your fire walk instructor. I just think that is amazing, Sinead. Well done to you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, You're just, I just love it. Thank you so much. So uh, everybody, Sinead Lissantri on Facebook, Sinead Lissantri Shamanic Energy Therapy, And her number is on the page as well if you want to give her a call or send her a message. And Sinead, thank you so much for, you know, just a a fabulously interesting chat. And if anybody wants to find out more, please do contact Sinead or contact me and I can put you in touch with her. But for now, I want to thank you all for listening. As you can tell, my guests, when I'm interested in something, I like to talk about it with other people. (laughs) (laughs) So... If I'm interested, you'll know because I'm going to have them on as a guest. So I hope that it has piqued your interest and maybe that you will step outside of your comfort zone and maybe that can kind of start the fire burning in your belly to do something just for you. So thank you everyone for listening and I look forward to chatting to you all soon.